Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have an interesting case for you today. Woo! It's one of Sydney's. Sid, I actually have heard this case before. Have you? Yes. So I didn't recognize the name, but then I started looking into it. And I have heard a podcast episode on it. Okay. Uh, and it's a wild case. It's definitely wild. Um, I hope you have some information for what your pod, or like if they have any little tidbits that I don't share. Because I know that it's on other podcasts, but I've never actually like listened to any of the other episodes. I should have listened again because, like, it was a further back episode. But I do remember a lot of the things that they emphasized. So um, that was stuff, like, I tried to pay attention to when I took notes. So hopefully I got some stuff to add for you. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Well, I have nothing else to start us off. Do you want to dive right into it? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. In June of 2017, tragedy had taken place in the Stockdale home, resulting in the death of two members of the family. Years prior to the event taking place, the family had appeared in the spotlight and gave the world an opportunity to look into their lives. If this spotlight occurrence had not happened, would the family deaths have happened? This is a question we'll hopefully give you an opinion on at some point today. So, what led this family to the spotlight? Um, P already knows about the case a little bit. So, have you ever heard of the show Wife Swap, Peyton, prior to hearing to this episode? Yes. I actually used to watch this show with my mom. <laughs> Great. That was my next question. Did you ever watch it was on when it was on television? Um, I think it was on, on like, Monday nights. And I remember coming home <laughs> in, like, 2004 and being like, we gotta watch this show. Yes, it was really okay. So <laughs> we used to talk. We talked before about like the Amish shows. So like Breaking Amish or whatever <laughs> was that? Yeah, Breaking Amish. Okay, so like Breaking all those Amish. types of shows when they first came out, I was like obsessed with them and would watch them with my mom. So I it's remember watching Wife Swap every week with my mom. I love that. <laughs> it's just it's really intriguing. I think just in general to look inside of someone else's home and like see someone else's home life for whatever the reason may be like yes and it was also very stressful because I feel like the epitome of wife swap was picking like kind of two families on different extreme ends of spectrums (laughs) literally the (laughs) most extreme yeah Um, (laughs) so it was like I'd be like what the heck is going on with these families but I think that was the point like to just push them I'll give a little like explanation for all of you guys that don't know what the show is like a little bit more in depth of what the point of it is but the point literally was I feel like to push the other the wife over the edge like they're dealing with something that they do not deal with at all in a day-to-day lifestyle like it's the complete opposite of their life which is insane yeah and so 
I also find it interesting that they would like trade for two weeks. So the first yes. week, the mom has that's like with the new family has like learns all about their routines and has to like follow what they do. And then week two, she controls the house and like runs the household. So now this whole family is doing opposite things. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I don't think anyone <laughs> walked away from wife swap like. Wow, that was so fun. <laughs> I feel like you usually saw, like, the dad and the new wife, like, arguing at least once. And, like, it was always just, like, a wild time. <laughs> just a bunch of drama. Any yes. drama TV show is just a guilty pleasure of mine. Same. <laughs> so to give, if anyone doesn't know what Wife Swap is, to give you guys a little bit more details on the show, it started airing in 2004 and had seven seasons. It was basically just seven seasons of drama and two moms from different backgrounds swapping families for this time. So Peyton had said, like, the first week they follow instructions from the mom whose home they're in on how they should parent, act, and the way that the household should be. And then the second week, these moms are able to change those rules and run the households as they'd like them to be run. And then at the end of the two weeks, the two moms and their spouses meet to discuss the other person's like life choices, basically, and the effect that these experiences had. And it usually just results in like a full-blown screaming match um, on one yes. family being right <laughs> and the other family doing everything wrong and like just being terrible parents. And they have no idea what's going on. Kind of inappropriate, but it's a great thing to watch on TV. Those old 2000 shows. It was, like, literally one of those shows that I don't think would ever make it on TV now. (laughs) Well, and even, it didn't have the best ratings when I was kind of doing, which I was surprised by. No, that's why they ended up stop, um, like, they stopped airing it. It had really poor ratings. Interesting. And I I was very intrigued by it. I just assumed everyone loved Wife wife Swap growing up. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So in 2008, the Stockdale family and the Tonkovic family appeared on the show. These two families could not have been any more opposite. Kathy and Tim Stockdale lived on a rural farm in Ohio, and they had four boys who were all homeschooled and living day-to-day life with very strict rules. Um, For example, they had a token system when they finished chores around the house. They could receive these tokens and could cash the tokens in to do things such as listening to the radio. So they couldn't just listen to the radio on their day-to-day life. They didn't have cable in their home. They didn't play video games. So they had to like cash in tokens to be able to just have some personal time to themselves. Or and even then, uh, to get like candy. Yes. Which like was like snacks. really Yeah. Because that wasn't like like they didn't normally have candy. Mm-mm. Which was just wild. To they me. had like their their three meals. The radio thing really, really pushed me over the edge though. I was like, the amount of times that I listen to like you listen to the radio when you're driving in your car, or, like you listen to music like throughout the day, like these kids were in a band, a family band, and couldn't listen to music or like unless they were practicing for their band, more or less. Like And this isn't like in the 80s or 90s like this is 2008 yes um so to paint a picture in 2008 
I think I was like a freshman in high school. So I definitely had a cell phone. Wait, yeah, freshman. Depending on when it came out, <laughs> freshman or like, like beginning of my I think sophomore it was like September. Year. Yeah, so like my September, my sophomore year. So I definitely had a cell phone at this time, and so like, it's. I mean, it's, like, becoming modernized technology, right? Like, I'm on Facebook. (laughs) Facebook was pretty newer, but I was on Facebook. Like, and these kids literally couldn't watch TV or listen to the radio unless they bought their radio time. Wild. Super wild. They they were doing a whole lot of um, nothing except the family chores and their homeschooled items. They're in this bluegrass family band. So, like, those are their main things that are consuming their lives. And then on the other hand, Lori and John Tonkovic had basically little to no structure and no rules for their children to follow. Um, They had a son and a daughter, and their son and their daughter's um, significant others also lived in the home. And basically the significant others would be able to ask for money, the girls could go get manicures, like, on the parents' money. Like, they could just do whatever they wanted. They didn't have jobs. They didn't have chores in the home. It was literally a free-for-all. Wild, because also, the Stockdale family... <laughs> so, the mom, Catherine, in the show, I was, like, reading... Because I didn't watch the episode. I think you I did, did, right? Okay. So, I was, like, reading a summary. So, she even talks about how, like... They were not allowed to date. It was a distraction and caused impulses like they did not need right now. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's kind of wild. Especially because the oldest was probably like a senior in high school when this show aired. Yes. Like the two older boys were like they were in high school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was I thought it was interesting. That's actually one of the things. So I did watch the episode um, to get a better idea you know you can read some of the stuff on the articles but it was right. like a half hour episode I just wanted to see you know were they actually living this hardcore life or is it just put a little different in the articles um it was definitely a very strict lifestyle I feel like their mom was not very nice um especially when she came into the other home and she basically was saying like but these girls are moochers and like the significant others are moochers. They need to get a job. They need to do all of these other things. Like it was a whole thing. But one of the things that Lori did. So Lori is not the Stockdale mom. This is the other mom that came into the home right. um, on her week two was she wanted the boys to go on a date. And the dad was like, pissed about this and it's like they don't need that in their lives they don't need to do this and she's like how do you expect like your kids to like meet people like I don't know out of the ordinary for like two boys to just go and hang out with a couple girls tonight like they went to like a pizza place on the state and just talked like it wasn't like they're mating out with them at the table like they're just meet (laughs) you know they're they're young boys and like obviously they never had gone on a date before but I feel like that is an experience that at some point in your life, you have to... How did you expect your kids to ever meet anyone otherwise? Are they just going to live with you for the rest of your lives? Yeah, or they'd set them up with someone through their church. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> Which that, is kind of the vibes thing. I got. <laughs> so, throughout the episode, there's definitely a deeper look into the family life and the day-to-day life that the Stockdale boys are living. The boys were a part of the Stockdale family band, which was that bluegrass band that really consumed their lives. 
Um, they had mentioned several times that they were like going on tour for the entire summer. Like they had dates set up. So basically if they're not doing schoolwork or doing their chores, they're practicing for their band, which it did seem like they enjoyed, but was that something that they got to choose that they wanted to do or was it just force? I don't think so. I read, Mm -hmm. so Jacob, the second youngest. (laughs) Are you talking about your boyfriend, Jacob? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Jacob was the second youngest and I read that he was like, 10 or 12 when they started the family band mm-hmm. and so that would put the youngest like who was like four years younger than him so it was just like I think this was something that like <laughs> oh this is what we're doing <laughs> kind of thing a cash cow yes because they released four albums yes like had so they had to have had all sorts some of tour sort of days. income yeah Oh, yeah, they definitely had income coming on from that. They sent Jacob through, like, he was the fiddler. He They sent him to, like, tons of fiddling competitions, the family one. Wait, I had a note somewhere. One first place in several bluegrass, bluegrass competitions, like, throughout the country and the state. Like, that's wild. They were making money off of this. Yeah, they they definitely. And, I mean, even if you just did, like, So keep all the competitions out of that. Like, that's definitely something. But, like, even if you just do a couple Saturdays a month, do a show here or there, those people make, like, a few hundred bucks just for showing up. So if they have, like, a whole schedule of events, like, throughout the year, that's, like, $200 minimum, let's say, an event. You have – that's a lot of money. Like, that adds up pretty quick. Does they have a whole farm? Yeah. That they, like – they grew all their own, like, meat and vegetable, like, raised their own meat and their, grew their own vegetables and fruits that they ate and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And the dad had, like, a full-time job, like, besides that. Yeah. So, like, it's literally just another source of income for them. And these are your underage children, so, like, I'm sure they weren't getting a cut. Yeah. But you're right. I do think it seems like they, the, everyone thoroughly enjoyed being a part of the band. But, again, I don't know if that was, like, their own decision or not. Yeah. And I do think, like, that's something when you're when you're younger and, like, you don't – I don't know how I want to word this. Like, you don't necessarily know or, like, think that you have a decision on, you know, I do like this, but, like, if it was up to me, I probably wouldn't choose to do it. That could be, like, yes. their mindset, but, like, you're not going to tell your mom and dad that at this point because exactly. you don't you don't know that you actually have a choice at this point, that you have that decision. And, like, you probably, I mean, you really don't if you're 9, 10 years old. Yes. They're going to be like, go get your fucking fiddle guy. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> the kids were really not allowed to be kids. They just had so much structure. And so many strict things that they had to follow. Um, Lori, the wife that had come into their home, had felt so strongly about this and had even referred to them on several occasions in the episode as, quote, their slaves. She felt very strongly. There was many times where she was crying in the episodes because they weren't able to be kids. And anytime she would try to introduce, you know, something to let them be kids, you know, she got cable TV for them and video games for them during that second week. 
they either like felt really uncomfortable about it and weren't necessarily willing to try it because it wasn't something that they were used to or they were like all in for it. After the moms returned to their homes, the Stockdale family pretty much went back to exactly how they were. Um, the Tonkovic family actually kind of adjusted to some of the things that Kathy had brought into the home. So those kids did start doing chores and like started working a little bit for their money. The one kid ended up finding a job. Like they actually took it, I think, the way you're supposed to take wife swap in and adapt right. to some of those things. Whereas the Stockdale family, like, it, you could just tell that they went right back to their strict ways. Like when they gave the little recap, it was like, yeah, we're working, you know, we're, we're working on things and we're doing some things. Um, the, I think the video games got added in to the token sections, but they still had to pay like their tokens to get the reward. It wasn't like they could just be a kid. Like, and do oh, it you on can their have own an too. hour of TV time every day after you've done all your chores. Like, yeah. And I, I guess I'm kind of on the fence about that because I do think, you know, you, everyone has to have chores and like do those things as a child, but it, reaches a point where it's not realistic anymore or like it's not healthy anymore like these kids are kids and can't play with their brothers they're too busy here's here's my main problem and this tends to be an issue of mine when I have an opinion on being like homeschooled in general now I'm not knocking all homeschooling because I will say like I know a lot of people who are very involved and have their children go to like you know, different groups of other homeschool kids or like meetings or whatever. So you're still being exposed to other types of people. But what they're doing is they're secluding their children so much, they're not being exposed to society. And like, they're going to be awkward. They don't have any like social norms outside of their family or their church. And maybe they have more interactions with people through church. But I like, I don't, I don't know. And so it would really just be your interactions with your family. And then, you know, now you're taking away TV. And so they're losing a part of, like, current culture. And I know it sounds so dumb, but I feel like, especially starting in, like, the 2000s, there was, like, definitely a culture element of being aware of what was going on in the world around you and like being able to communicate with kids your own age and relate to them on certain things. And now they're, you're taking away anything that they could relate to other kids on. That's my opinion. <laughs> no, I, I think that's very true. Though. It can like, definitely it, be harmful. <laughs> it's one thing to, you know, want to protect your kids and like want to kind of shelter them from some of those things. But it's another thing to like not allow them to even and I mean they very well could have gotten more interactions than what I saw or what we were able to see but it kind of did seem like a lot of those items were kind of shut out and that yeah it's your family and that's really it about a decade after the episode had aired on June 15th 2017 a 911 call came in the caller had quickly ended the call but police obviously still responded to the location that the call had come in from. The call led them to the rural farmhouse belonging to the Stockdale family. The door to the home was open upon a police arrival, and police had also heard a gunshot come from within the home. 
So they had to secure the area and wait a few minutes before they could actually enter the home. As the police entered and searched the home, they found the youngest son of the Stockdale family, James, deceased. They also found the body of mom, Kathy, upstairs, also deceased. They also discovered the second youngest son, Jacob, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. He was still alive, so Jacob was rushed to the hospital. There was no clear motive for the murders, but it had been obvious that Jacob was to blame due to the self-inflicted gunshot wound. Police found it odd because they had never been to the home before and Jacob had never been in any trouble. Tim, the father, was not home at the time of the deaths and the two older sons, Charles and Calvin, had since moved out of the, out of the home. Jacob ended up surviving his injuries after nearly a year in facilities for surgeries. And once he recovered from those injuries, he was indicted on murder charges. His defense team had requested psychological evaluation with the intention of pleading not guilty by reason of insanity. Jacob was placed in a mental health treatment facility until he could be ruled competent to stand trial. While at the facility, he had tried to escape twice. Okay, I was really glad you included this, because I was like, what the fuck? I think the podcast episode I listened to did not include that, because I had never heard that part before. And I was, like, fascinated that this guy literally tried to escape twice. Twice. And he was never charged for trying to escape twice, but he tried to escape twice. Wild. So wild. In February of 2020, a judge had ruled Jacob competent to stand trial, and in April of 2021, he pled guilty to two counts of murder and was sentenced to 15 years to life for each count. He will not be eligible for parole until 2048. Although there's still no for sure motive as to why Jacob had killed his mom and brother, there is... A lot of theories or beliefs that his home life and maybe even the wife swap experience may have sparked it and kind of broken him. Uh, Lori Tonkovic, the wife swap mom, believes Jacob may have snapped from the pressure from the super religious and strict upbringing. Lori said that he would, quote, freak out with any bit of freedom. And he would even said that he was scared and would make comments that he would burn in hell if he were to play video games or watch television anytime he was given any bit of that freedom. So, there's still no reasoning that's given out there. But, as someone that likes to theorize, could it be that, you know, I mean, mean, it's a decade later, so it would have been taken quite some time for him to actually snap. But that he finally got fed up. Um, they did still have the bluegrass band at this point of time, uh, even though it was 10 years later. So his parents are still, are they still taking in that money? Um, are they still just, were, are, they were definitely doing all the chores and whatnot, the two younger boys that were living there. So I think there's a number of factors that were seen in the wife swap episode that could have led to the unfortunate circumstances. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm really stressed about this. And I just, like, have to rant. Yes. How do you plead guilty and you don't... Usually part of your plea deal is that you have to, like, confess to what you did. And that's... Yep. 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 
And so, like, I'm sure he did, but you still don't give a reason for what happened? No. Like, you don't explain it at all. He didn't, like, turn himself in or, like, admitted that he did it. But he never gave an explanation as to... To why, or, like, the events leading up to it. And as much as, like, I want to say, like, oh, yeah, wife swap, I don't think it has to do with wife swap per se. I mean, like you said, it it happened almost nine years later, nine, ten years later. And if it had to do with, like, his parents specifically, why would he wait until his dad was at, like, his dad was at work? Mm Mm-hmm. Unless he did it and was, like, anticipating his father to come home. Because it was at, like, I think the call came into 911. I saw at 4.36 p.m. His dad returned home to the house a little after 6. And the police were there, obviously. Well, so, he, tried to, he tried to kill himself, too. So, or if he was trying to plot it on the dad. But he also didn't kill himself till the police arrived on the scene. Mm-hmm. So it could have been, like, oh, crap. Now I gotta kill myself. Maybe he was going to eventually and, like, wanted to kill the dad, too. I have no idea. Like, obviously, we don't have a lot of answers, which is just so wild to me. It makes me curious if there had been something else going on. Um, but the family has remained extremely private. Yes. Even the two older brothers had moved out or living not, like, in the area anymore. One was in Michigan and one was in Pennsylvania. Did you creep on their Facebook pages like I did or no? I didn't. (laughs) But I do know that the immediately, like, while Jacob was in the hospital, they released statements, like, right away saying that they still loved him and were, like, supported him and, like, you know, made statements in memory of the other brother, James, and their mom, Catherine. And they refused to speak at the sentencing, but did ask for leniency and that they forgave Jacob. Yes. Which I found was really interesting because even then they refused to speak. It's like a mob. Yes. They won't. Yeah. They won't speak about what happened. So it makes me like kind of think something else was going on that we as the public are not aware of. Yes. 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 And I did, I'm happy you mentioned that because that was a big thing, like, for me, that for them to ask for the leniency at sentencing, and then he still, he still got, you know, a decent amount of time. The judge did not honor that, obviously. But I don't know, like, or if they're just, like, that religious, you know, there are those, it doesn't have anything, and doesn't have anything against religious people, but they're easier to forgive others, I think, that they're willing to continue on and say oh no like this is still my family I forgive you yada 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 I feel like that's common am I making that up no (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's like they live this like really extreme like extremely I don't want to say extreme extremely traditional old school like Christian values like all that kind of stuff they are I would say extreme actually (laughs) um because that it is like a not a normal lifestyle nowadays and so I think reading that they forgave Jacob isn't surprising to me because that is what they're taught to do in like their face yes so I wasn't necessarily surprised but I do think it's so weird that they like 
asked for leniency but didn't want to speak anything else. Like that that's weird. It's just so weird to me that we have no answers, Sydney. Well, I <laughs> we wonder know what happened, but we don't know why. <laughs> we don't know why. And I wonder too, I mean, is that do you think he told his dad and like his brothers what they I wonder if he gave them an explanation. I think so. I think they were visiting him while he was in the hospital. Okay. Because it it was like he spent like a year yeah, yeah. Recovering. Like surgery. I think they officially, and... yeah, they officially issued his like arrest warrant in like October and November of 2018. So it was a little over a year, and he turned himself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my guess is that he was staying with family, or in and out of hospitals, and his family was coming to visit him. So I, I do think that they probably had that discussion amongst themselves. To be honest. Which is crazy. Yes. But, I mean, that's not, that's, I don't feel like that's uncommon, though, like, that people Jacob, kind of. When everyone it. dies, tell your story. Yeah, I mean. Because there's got to be a reason. There's definitely a reason. There's always some sort of motive or explanation behind it. Like, did he finally get fed up? Was there a fight? Why did he kill his brother, too? Like, what was the explanation behind that one? Like, was there, like, some sort of feud and then his mom hopped in or like and was if it, it just really the, was the like upbringing he snapped and you know he was he snapped like I think everyone could understand that not like oh that justifies it by any means like I want to clarify I think everyone could understand that that's why he did it but I think there we all have a lot of questions still and I think the only ones that might have gotten answers are his immediate family because I do think he probably shared that amongst them which I guess, like, that's all that matters, right? Like, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean. I want to know, but. <laughs> ultimately, he doesn't care what Sydney and Wisconsin thinks. Like, Correct. <laughs> but I do find it kind of, um, I guess, ironic, too, that, you know, his parents, they chose to kind of shelter their children and, you know, move them to rural Ohio and have them do all these chores and, like, do all of these things probably for their safety and like shelter them from these kinds of things. And then one of their children ends up doing something terrible. Yep. Like snapping. Like, I don't know. That was definitely not yep. their plan. That was not, not their plan. Not at all. <laughs> Which is uh, rather crazy. Yes. I would have to agree 100% with that. Well, well, I think you, I was going to say, I think you did a good job with this story. Uh, the podcast episode I listened to, they had emphasized a lot about wife swap and what was, you know, what went on in that show with these families. So I think you did a good job with that. And really just like hammering in that they really lived like a strict lifestyle that so was uncommon. So strict. I feel like that's the kind of lifestyle you see, like, amongst the Amish, but they weren't Amish. <laughs> yes, I think it was, like, even their home and, like, I don't want to say, like, the inside of their home, but, like, the outside of their home is, like, a very old, like, 1800s, like, farmhouse. And, like, yeah, the farm and, like, stuff they were doing, I was like, this is literally, like, if you told me they were Amish, I wouldn't be surprised. The only thing was that they were wearing, like, regular clothes. Right. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
crazy. Well, you got some jokes and facts for me, or what? <laughs> I do. What do you want? For sure the fact first. I like that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> avocados are, first of all, they're a fruit, which I didn't fucking know that they were a fruit, but I don't think I understood or wanted, knew what they were anyway. I guess I never thought about it. Wait, are they a fruit because they grow from a tree? Apparently. Like, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. I do know they grow from a tree, though. Yes, so maybe. But I guess I didn't think they were a vegetable either. I don't know. I, my whole head went through a whirlwind when I was reading this. And then I was like, wait. <laughs> Avocados are a fruit. And they are one of... They are one of... They are number two with the most protein in them out of fruits. Because what I wrote makes no sense. So guava number one with the most protein of fruits and avocado <laughs> standing at number two the most i've literally protein. never had a guava fruit <laughs> in my life i don't even like, know what it looks like i'm gonna look it up like a guava i feel like it kind of looks like a peach i'm making that up though i don't actually know <laughs> it does not look like a peach <laughs> <laughs> guava <laughs> did you look it up too it, it's a green peach. No, oh, I guess I saw another picture and it looks like maybe. In the middle? <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever seen a guava in real life, though. <laughs> I don't think they have like those I, in Wisconsin. I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I've... Actually, I think I have seen what they look like. <laughs> you're going to be like you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't think it's in there, actually. I think they say guava juice in the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh. That's what I'm thinking of. Guava. I think they say guava juice. I don't know. I'm not sure, honestly. Guava juice something moose. I think that's what it is. I'm going to look it up later. I'll send you the YouTube clip of the Fairly Odd Parents intro. Please do. <laughs> Okay, well, interesting. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Literally, the more you know. Okay, hit me with a joke. What did the avocado say when the tortilla chip asked how she was? What? I'm all ripe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> that was that was an okay one. Okay, okay. <laughs> they're getting they're getting hard to find. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's a difficult I, road out there. I still think it was good. I think it was good for you know what you had, so <laughs> not complaining. <laughs> what I have to work with. Exactly. Extremely offensive. Or really <laughs> cheesy. You know, we've, like, gone a year of jokes almost. Because I think we started doing jokes, like, pretty quickly. And also, really sorry if you hear this background noise. I have a neighbor doing yard work right now, apparently. I don't hear anything. Okay, good, good. Because um, it sounds like it's right outside the window. Oh. Um, but, yes. So... We've been doing jokes for a long time, so I think, you know, 
you've used up a lot of the good ones here. Oh, yeah. And I think, honestly, like, we started doing jokes, like, the second or the third episode. It was, like, really quick. Yeah, like, right away. (laughs) So, when we run out of jokes, I guess I don't know what we're going to do, but... (laughs) We'll have to figure out a new segment of something, but... We'll we'll worry about that when the time comes. (laughs) Until then, you'll just get some really cheesy jokes. Yeah. In case so. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, and we'll make keep making punny posts punny posts okay well folks you can find us on facebook at tacos and tequila podcast on instagram which is tacos and tequila we have a website as well tacos and tequila links to every episode via spotify some pictures all our sources all that good stuff If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure that you leave a rating and a review. It helps us get noticed, and it's pretty cool to just see what you guys think. Agreed. And also, we tease everyone that we would have some Vegas stuff (laughs) coming. Don't worry. I got tons of pictures at, like, an after-hours crime con event um at the mob museum so i am gonna put something together just bear with me because you know i'm like a millennial that doesn't know how to use tiktok very well so it's just gonna take me a minute it take forever (laughs) yeah i haven't had the time and energy to try to do that yet so stay tuned i should have one or two of them for us Ooh, nice yes well i think that's all do you have anything else to add I don't think so. Awesome. Well, uh, this episode actually comes out. We're recording. It's Mother's Day. This episode will come out on Tuesday. So happy belated Mother's Day since we forgot that one last week, too. Um, To all the mothers out there. Yes. And um, Go, Mom, go. Exactly. (laughs) And um, I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!